from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and you're listening to Final Gravity Podcast. <laughs> Some of my best friends rode the short bus. I'm leaving you in charge. What's your name? Steve. Steve? Yes. And you work in your security for Yes, I am. got the Blackhawks right. colors yeah. on. We had some complaints. Yeah, Chicago. Yeah, complaints. Like, what kind of stuff? Noise. Noise. Like, yeah. Like, what? Like, drunk people making noise. Yeah. Like, they're like, uh, it's, it's a drunken crowd up here. Because you guys uh, handle it. No, that's the call that we got, though, but I appreciate you guys keeping it down for me. That was so better than your mom. So you guys have just won a urinal for bringing the most beer. How do you feel about that? Good job, man. It's a proud, proud day in the Iowa Brewers Union history. Yo, what's up, people? <clears throat> Home brewers, bitches, all that. Man, I feel like uh, almost almost like we're on a fairly regular schedule here. It's only been like two weeks since we did a show. Imagine that. Yeah, it's feeling pretty good. I can like barely hear myself. Can you hear me in your cans? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm all right, fine. Good. Yeah, I, I got the uh, I got the feed up on uh, the Final Gravity web- podcast website, but uh, trying to find it through Justin TV, I haven't been able to find it there, which means I don't have the chat up. Oh, okay. I'll uh, I can help you out in just a second here. So tonight uh, we got a pretty exciting show tonight. Chris is sitting in with us, uh, one of our regulars, and uh, a couple of the guys are running a little late tonight. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a bunch of stuff tonight. We're gonna be talking with Randy Barrel, and he is the uh, creator of thekeggingpart.com, and uh, he's gonna be talking to us a little bit about thekeggingpart.com, and uh, he's helping us out with the show. He's uh, sponsoring the show a little bit. Is this one of those uh, guests that's gonna make me spend money? Yes. <laughs> okay. Hopefully, anyway. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, and uh, we're gonna have promotion codes for you guys and everything, so that's exciting. And. Uh, uh, above and beyond him talking about and introducing the kegging part to all of our listeners, he's also going to give us a little bit of a discussion about cask ales. So uh, I'm really excited about that. And you, you brought some uh, camera certified uh, real ales tonight, yes, right? Yes, yes. Some uh, it's a white shield, Worthington's white shield. Nice. And Worthington's red shield. Yeah. I've never heard of either of them, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to having them. You said you you actually had them in in, in uh, England, right? Yeah, yeah. I um I was looking for the Bass Brewery probably about six or seven years ago. I was over in England, and uh, 
and I found it. This is the story with the finding the core sign in front of it. But uh, one of the treats that I had was I actually found this uh, Worthington's on site there. Nice. And they were selling it, so I uh, I had some there and I brought some home and. And since then, I hadn't seen it in the States until uh, I found it at the local ShopRite Liquors today. Oh, that's beautiful. That's good news. So it, it'll fit. It'll tie right in with tonight's show since we're talking about Real Ale and Cascale. Uh, so that'll be kind of nice. And, and we have some uh, listener beer that was sent in. Warren just showed up. Say hello to Warren, everybody. Hey. And, uh, yeah, so we have some listener beer we have to try. And there's uh, he sent a note along with it, so he, he required we read the note before we taste it, which scares me a little bit but we'll see what that's all about i just want to reach out to uh, all the listeners that have been participating in the on the facebook group which is just awesome and uh those of you that may be new to the show uh you can find us on facebook just do a search for final gravity podcast we have a group there and a page there and also on twitter and uh i also wanted to mention real quick any of our uh, listeners out there that use electronic cigarettes um, i'm starting to create uh, liquid for those so you're going to want to go to facebook and look up juice face vapor and i sell all kinds of yummy good flavors so check that out and uh so let's um i guess before because randy yeah randy's going to be calling in here in just a few minutes so let me give you a little rundown on him uh he's been home brewing for about 10 years he uh manages the modern and south shore home brewing emporium in the boston area he's gbbf trained uh, he's the head sellerman at Cast Condition Ale Support Campaign, the CASC, organizers of NARAX, the New England Real Ale Ex- Exhibition, which I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Oh, that sounds interesting, yeah. Yeah, and uh, let's see, then uh, he has a homebrew-only cask event coming up in May, the May Day Cask Festival, and he's the inventor of the kegging part. And he's a brewer and a cask enthusiast, so I'm looking. We're looking forward to talking to him tonight, and uh, he sounded pretty stoked too on the phone. So can't wait to have him call in, which should be pretty shortly. We're gonna <clears throat> let Warren get settled in here, and uh, we all need some beer, and then we'll cut to a commercial break. And after the first commercial break, we'll be hearing from Randy from the kegging part. And this thing's cool. I'm not gonna bother doing the live read just yet because I'm gonna grill him about what this thing is. So we'll get a bunch of information from him. We'll save the live read for the end of the show. Warren, what's up? I'm drinking beer. Nice. Why wouldn't you be? Can you pour me something? Can you pour me something or Absolutely. bring bring me something? What do you got? Homebrew? Commercial brew? I got uh, Cask Ale. Nice. Cask Ale. There you go. <laughs> Who from? Cricket Hill. Oh, cool. One of our local guys. Yeah, I'm getting a weird delay. I don't know if possible. I've got a I've got a buzz in my cans, so. I know, unfortunately, that buzz won't go away. Did, me either. Did you get into Justin <laughs> TV yet or no? Uh, I actually... I do, do me a favor and just make sure the feed, the the speaker feed off Justin TV is muted. All right, let me see if I can find I'm getting here. a crazy delay. I don't know where from. Chris, you have a glass? No, I don't. All right, so we're getting some beer poured here and just settling in. All right, let's see if Final Gravity shows up underneath this. I'm going to try and get all of our bugs worked out real quick. Is it Final Space Gravity, Final Gravity, one word? Fi- Final Gravity Podcast should be all one word on Justin TV, I believe. It's uh, Justin TV slash Final Gravity Podcast if you want to just go right to the URL. Yeah, that might help because I'm trying to do the search and it's just... 
No problem. So we have some real ale, Warren, to try tonight. I don't know if you heard. That's what this is. Oh, nice. You brought some real ale, too? Yeah, this is all cask ale. Oh, fucking beautiful. This is the commercial side. That's all right. We like... Wow, what what did my voice just do there? That was kind of... I think I just went back to puberty. All right, here we are. <laughs> it's warm. Room temperature. All right, guys. Well, I'm hoping our listeners aren't getting too much of that feedback because that's going to drive me absolutely bonkers. Well, the... the um, It's muted here, so... Okay. Yeah, I don't know. We're we're getting some strange feedback. I don't know why. Wow, that's that's killing me. You guys are hearing that, right? That delay. I it's it's it's, it's like real faint, but it's, it's there. It's very ghosting. Every once in a while, I'll hear it. Yeah, that's that's bizarre. We haven't had that in a while, so I don't know if maybe it's our feed is a little whacked here, but we'll figure it out. So I'm hoping, uh, just so you guys know. <clears throat> Our podcast listeners, uh, there may be a delay in getting the archive up because uh, our RSS host decided to <laughs> randomly bill me $300 this week out of the blue um, for no apparent reason. So I had to dispute the charge and yeah, so we can post our archive quickly, but I may have some resolution to work out with them first. So if you guys don't get the podcast right away... Uh, I just want you to understand why, because there, there's a billing issue, and they... they not just, on your end, though. No, not on my end. I mean, I, I've paid my bills. They're just, you know, they're, now they're apparently just randomly charging $300 for absolutely no reason. Because they can. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> probably there'll be about people out there not even paying attention. They'll just pay it. It's a shame, but you're probably right. There is people that probably don't even notice that and say, yeah, yeah, what the hell. So, Warren, how the hell are you? I'm good, man. I'm real good. Good. A little tired, but I'm good. I hear you. I'm a little tired today myself. Or? Yeah, I did. I actually brewed today. I made a extract batch on the stove. A wheat, a golden honey wheat. Ooh, oh, nice. sounds good. Yeah, it was uh, six and a half pounds of liquid malt extract, a pound of honey malt crushed and steeped, and uh, one pound of dry malt extract, late edition. And uh, an ounce of Fugles up front, an ounce of Fugles in the end, American Ale yeast. Oh, nice. So it should come out pretty good. Nice. That sounds good. Figure I get it in now and uh, maybe enjoy it in a couple of months when the weather's a little bit warmer. Sure. (laughs) I have a good feeling about spring. I really do this year. I think spring is going to be right on target, and I think we're going to have a nice nice spring this year. I hope so. Just seemed like the other day, even though it was cold, the sun just felt warmer. It did. It did. Now it's cold, but no. Yeah, it's, it got real cold today. I walked out yesterday and the snowflakes were the size of my fist, and it was like <laughs> 50 degrees outside. Yeah, it was. That was bizarre. It was weird. That was some bizarre weather yesterday. <clears throat> and what is this beer we're drinking, Warren? Uh, this is um, Cricket Hills Cascale. Uh, it was the only one that was left on the shelf. Um, we're drinking it room temperature, like a Cascale should be drank, and uh, you get a lot of multi character to it. Yeah, this has got a nice. Definitely malt forward for sure. Yep. I do True, get some the, I, even at this warmth though. You know, you still get the hops, which is nice. It's still a balanced beer. Yeah, not bad. He does some good things over there at Cricket Hill. We had him on what a year ago? No, I don't think we've had them on yet. Close to a year. No, been, we haven't had Cricket Hill. No, I've been so. trying to get Cricket Hill on. Yeah, that's right. We got to get them on for sure. 
All right, so I think we'll do this since uh, we're going to get our call in soon. We'll cut to our first commercial a little bit on the early side, let the guys get settled in here, and then uh, probably as soon as we come out of this break, uh, Randy should be calling in. Beautiful. All right, right, guys, we'll be right back. It's uh, Final Gravity Podcast, and uh, stick around. There's like nobody in the chat. Do you still have Coors Light or NASCAR tap handles on it? Look no further. Fisher Woodcraft has the solution. Fisher Woodcraft hand turns exotic hardwood tap handles. And let me tell you, these things are beautiful. Give your kegerator that sleek look with a Fisher Woodcraft tap handle. Fisher Woodcraft also offers hand-spun bowls, mugs, and more. Look them up online, www.fisherwoodcraft.com. That's www.fisherwoodcraft.com. Hello, beer drinkers. Look at your peanuts. Now look at my peanuts. Now look at yours. Now back to mine. Sadly, your peanuts are not JB Gourmet Peanuts. Look down. Now look up. Where are you? You're at jbgourmetpeanuts.com. What's that in your hand? It's the original peanuts. Look down. Now look back up. It's the spicy. What's that in my hand? It's a 16-ounce jar of peanuts. Look again. They're gone. Look again. The refill bag has filled it back up. Now they're diamonds. Spicy, delicious, addictive diamonds. I'm on a horse. Give them a call, man. Ask about their peanuts. 201-906-8777. Or visit their website, jbgourmetpeanuts.com. That's jbgourmetpeanuts.com. Hey guys, it's Jay. Just wanted to reach out and thank all of our listeners for supporting our show over the years. Keep it up, man. Don't forget to go to our homepage and click on those links for the AHA and BYO. Helps you out and it helps us out as well. If you think there's nothing better than a look of polished stainless and copper, if you're not sure that six tap handles is going to be enough in your chest freezer, then you're in the right place. Welcome back to Final Gravity.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back. A little raw there for you. Unknown band that's just awesome. So, Randy should be calling in any second. Hopefully, let me see if I... Yes, I have the phone line open and available. And uh, we'll get him on the line to talk to us about all kinds of good stuff. I'm excited to hear about that kegging part because I... I looked on the website a little bit, did a little research, and I think it's just right up my alley. I think I'm going to be buying one for sure. In fact, I know I'm going to be buying one because <laughs> I need one. Because I, I like a good, you know, keg of Sierra Nevada every now and again. I actually have a keg of Hop Devil that's been sitting down there for a couple of months. Wow. That I've been reluctant to pick up because uh, I don't feel like changing my lines. Well, the kegging part will help, right? Absolutely. Randy? Yeah, this is Randy. Hey, man, what's up? Oh, not too much. Just uh, getting ready to hang out with you guys this evening. Got a pint of beer here. What you drinking? What's going on? Nice. Oh, I have my uh, my spring seasonal. It's a um, ginger red ale. It's a red ale. has a little ginger in it, supported with some licorice and star anise. It's like a little spice in the winter, something to shake off the cold of the winter. That sounds like a brilliant idea. How was... Um well, let me first, let me start off by introducing everyone in the studio. Of course, you know me. I'm Jay, and we have Warren sitting in. Hey, Randy. And we hey, also... Warren, how's it going? I'm doing well, man. Yourself? Pleasant evening. It certainly is. And we also have Chris sitting in with us. Hey there. How you doing? Doing great, Chris. Doing great. And Excellent. I, I think we're supposed to get one more uh, homebrew brethren, uh, Mr. Evan. He said he's running a little late. He's new to the show, never been on the show, so hopefully uh, he'll be tagging along pretty quickly here. Excellent. I'm not the only uh, Neo that's coming on this evening. <laughs> so how how did you guys make out in the last storm? Uh, it wasn't too bad. You know, it was 24 inches. They said it was some sort of record. But uh, unlike in 78, we didn't have 24 inches already on the ground. So it just wasn't a big deal. You know, it shut down the city for a day. Well, that was about it. You know, we dug out and kept on going, just like true New Englanders should. Nice. <laughs> yeah. About spring and shit. <laughs> yep. I remember the blizzard of '78, and then the uh, the I was in Connecticut at the time, and I remember the uh, the Hartford Civic Center roof collapse after that too. Oh. All right, you guys That's are tough. dating yourselves a little <laughs> bit here. Yeah, us youngins over here. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the blizzard of '78 is not really my story. It's my parents' story. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think Chris was 30 at that, right? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah. I was, what, seven, I think. <laughs> you got your license on one of those wagons that uh, <laughs> the horses pulled, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they gave a buggy whip li- uh, li- license for me, you know? <laughs> right. So I guess we'll just we'll just dive right into it. Um, I'm going to need another beer here pretty quick. But, I'm done uh, with mine. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know, that, that went pretty quick. We're, so we uh, we got some Cascale tonight in celebration of talking about Cascale. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. Um, Chris brought us some beer that he had uh, the pleasure of trying in England, and he found some out here, and it's certified by camera that it's a real ale, which I'm pretty excited to try. <laughs> Excellent. It is, uh, what is it, the White, White Shield? The White Shield by Worthington. Yep. Worthington White Shield, yep. And yep, we also have well some we have some Worthington's Red Shield too, so I'm looking forward to get into them. All right. 
So I, I guess let's start out right away, and I already kind of gave uh, our listeners an introduction of who you are and what you're about, but it's always best to hear it from uh, right from the source. So we know you're Randy, and we know you're the founder of The Kegging Part, so tell us uh, a little bit about your brewing background and, and what inspired you to create The Kegging Part, and then uh, shortly after that, I guess we'll get into dissecting what the hell The Kegging Part is. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Uh, well, yes, uh, as I like to tell the ladies, I'm Randy all the time. I was uh, named Randy, not Randall, on the birth certificate, so I play up as much as I can there. Uh, I've been homebrewing for probably 13 years now. Uh, you know, just start high school or whatnot when you have the ingredients and the time and nothing better to do. So uh, lots of years of experience. Um, a few years back, I worked at a regional brewery for a little while, got some industry experience, and I got suckered into moving down here to the fine city of Boston, where I've been managing the local homebrew store, the uh, Modern Homebrew Emporium. Uh, you know, just working there the past six, seven years now. Uh, every once in a while, someone would come in and be like, yeah, I got this commercial keg I'm trying to use with my homebrew setup. It's just not mating up. You know, what can we do? And eventually we figured out using um, the MFL tailpieces with the swivel connectors on the tubing, you know, you could kind of switch your lines over without having to pull off barbs every time. But it just wasn't a really good solution because you always had to depressurize everything. Uh, so I was talking with one of the guys at the local homebrewing club to give a shout-out for the Boston Warp Processors who are doing their um, pre-judging for the Boston Homebrew Competition next weekend. Uh, one of them turned out to be a machinist. Uh, his family runs a machine shop a little north of the city. So I was talking to him about a couple ideas I had for how this part could be built. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Let, let me see what I can do here. And thus, the kegging part was born. Very cool. So I, I did scan your website a couple times, and uh, it looks awesome. But for our listeners that may not know what it is and Sure, they're all going to go to your website, and that's thekeggingpart.com, correct? Yep, yeah, I couldn't think of any better name to call it, so I was like, what is it? Well, it's the kegging part, so that's it. Brilliant. It's just spelled right out, T-H-E-K-E-G-G-I-N-G-P-A-R-T.com. Just what it is. Um, So tell tell us, um, other than, is, is that its only function is so you can have a Sankey keg in your homebrew setup, or does it, it It does a little bit more than that, no? Well, that was the original idea. Is I was working with homebrewers who had their kegging setup, you know, geared towards the homebrew Cornelius-style kegs, uh, usually ball-lock kegs, because those are the ones I recommend. And, you know, every once in a while they'd say, I, I didn't get a chance to brew, I want to throw this commercial keg in there. How can I do it? And like I said, you, you fiddled around with it until I came out with the kegging part. Uh, what the kegging part does is it puts a ball lock post right onto the keg coupler. So they're differentiated for the gas side and liquid side, but essentially you screw it on the same kind of nut that you have for a regular tailpiece, and it just sticks out, and it's a ball lock post. So you have the, um, the check valve built into it, just like you would on a homebrew keg, but now you have easier access to connect up and get that commercial beer out of the keg. 
Yeah, that that's awesome because I I was just telling the guys uh, just before you had called in that occasionally I like to have a nice commercial keg in my kegerator. You know, I get a Budweiser. Co- yeah, I get you know <laughs> I run down to the local and get a six tell of Budweiser, <laughs> Coors Light, because you can find them. And uh, it's it's a pain in the ass for me to change my lines all the time. Like the last big party we had, I I was all geared up. I had some Sierra Nevada in there. And I was dreading the fact that I had to switch it all back to homebrew for this party. So this is like right up my alley. And that that's kind of what spurred me to call you. Is like I was like, man, this is brilliant. This is like what I've been looking for for a long time. Yeah, it was something I saw a need for for a while. And I did a couple of prototypes a few years ago, and they weren't worth bringing to market. I think they would have blown up at some point. But <laughs> <laughs> I have a solid design now. It, it works well. And uh, one of the neat things about it is that, yeah, it works with the uh, American Sankey D couplers that work for those Bud Lights and all the um, microbreweries, uh, but it also is the same exact nut, the same exact threading that works with your European Sankey or your German D slider or the uh, U-system. You know, all of those, it turns it into just the Ballock connection, so it really standardizes everything. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. That's awesome. And uh, what's what's the uh, going rate on the kegging part? And it is like when you say it'll it'll fit on any keg. When you order it, it it comes as that that you can fit on any keg. Or is there accessories you have to do for different kegs? Or how how does that work? Uh, in my experience, it'll work with any keg coupler uh, because what the commercial industry did is they had you know all those weird configurations for actually mating up to the keg. But on the other side, they just have the beer nuts attached to their lines. And so for the commercial bars, all they'd have to do is screw off the nut, change out the coupler to whatever mates with the keg of beer they're trying to put on that line, and then put the nut back on. Okay. Uh, For the kegging part, uh, it just has that same nut, and it fits on pretty much any keg coupler. Uh, I've been selling them, a pair of them, for $45. Uh, but I've also found a really good use for using just a single side. I'm selling single sides for $25 a piece. That's reasonable. And they're, I'm assuming it's all stainless, correct? Uh, the nuts plated brass, but it doesn't actually contact the beer. The uh, post itself is all stainless. Yeah, it's the exact same, uh, the exact same post that it gets used on the Ballock Cornelius kegs. Yep, absolutely. Okay, perfect. And uh, it's machined in the U.S.? Yep, yep. Like I said, my uh, buddy from the club, his family has a shop just north of Boston, and uh, I bring them up there, and they do the machining work for me. It's beautiful. That's awesome. Where's your accent? Uh, I was born and raised in New Hampshire, so I have a little bit of the hills in me, but I've been living here in Boston, so tighten off as much of those vanishing R's as I can. No no pock in the car in Harvard Yard? (laughs) No no pock, no car. What what I tell people is you can't get there from here. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds almost down East Maine. (laughs) Yeah. I I used to build playgrounds for a living, and I'll never forget some accents those construction workers had up there. I'll never... For the first time, we had a couple of guys helping us out on our project up there. And first time I heard the guy, it almost scared me. He's like, fuck! I was like, <laughs> what, what the hell did he say? What did he say? <laughs> what was, the hell's a fuck? That was in football camp, first time I heard that accent. I was getting yelled yeah. at, and the coach was going, I'm not the god! I'm not the god! 
I'm like, I didn't think you were God. I'm like, what the hell is he talking about, God? <laughs> That's awesome. All right, cool. So, yeah, if you guys go over to the keggingpart.com and uh, if you enter, uh, what is it? The uh, co- You have a coupon code, right? Yeah, the coupon code I named after you in your honor. So if you punch in the code J-A-Y... I'll give you a free shipping on whatever you want to order. Uh, shit, I thought you were going to say ass. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Just had to, had to do it. I guess i got to start paying these guys or something. <laughs> There's a mutiny. No, the beer is good. There's a mutiny within. <laughs> I pay you guys in beer every week. That's Absolutely. good enough. <laughs> so that coupon code is J-A-Y. Yep, enter coupon code J-A-Y, yep. and you're going to get free shipping, and that's to the lower 48, right? Uh. Yeah, lower 48. I've actually shipped to Canada. I've shipped over to Europe. Well, and I don't know if you want to ship for free to Europe, do you? You know, if someone from Europe wants to buy my part and bring it over there, I'll hook them up. It doesn't matter. If they listen to your show and they want my part, let's do it. Hey, listen to that. Because I know we do have some listeners in Europe and Ireland, so there you go, guys. If uh, And because it mounts up to the European-style kegs, you're good to go. Nothing to worry yep. about because they, thank God, somebody figured out, hey, we should standardize the threads because none of the keg connections fucking line up. <laughs> <laughs> I found that out the hard way. I, I tried to yep. buy a Sankey connector for my kegerator when I was thinking about six tells, and I went to a local watering hole, and I'm like, hey, do you have any Sankey connections? He's like, yeah, I think I got a couple old ones kicking around. So he gives me one. He, I don't know. He charged me like 15 bucks for it or something. I'm like, well, that's a deal, you know. I get it home. Nope. Wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't work. I think it was for a, uh, like a bass or Heineken keg or something, but yeah, it didn't work on the American import beers or the American craft beers, I should say. How long did it take you to yeah. figure that out? Uh, not long. No. <laughs> after, after I shot Sierra Nevada all over the basement a few, three or, three or four times and figured this thing is not going to work. All it's doing is pushing the ball down and shooting beer all over me. Oh, I would have been swearing yeah. up a storm. Oh, I was. I, I was like, dude, for what it's worth, I said, this isn't the right connector. <laughs> Why yeah. doesn't this damn thing fit? <laughs> well, the, the tr- one of the tricky things is, it sounds like he gave you a European Sankey, which looks exactly the same as the American Sankey. Yeah, it just doesn't work. They, yeah, they stick out a little bit. So in the close position... They're the same orientation that the American kegs are when they're in the open position. They just reach down deeper when they're actually open. So you know, you're trying to connect this thing up and it's closed, but it's activating the keg because the keg thinks you're in the open position and they're just spraying beer everywhere. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good stuff. I, I pretty much repainted my room with beer. And, that, and that's not always a bad thing, but at, you know, 75 bucks a keg or whatever it was, I'm like, man, this this is not good. <laughs> Your dogs liked it, though. Oh, my dogs <laughs> loved it. And if I was a dog, I'd have been licking it off the floor, too. Exactly. I almost started, though. But, yeah, so, anyway. <laughs> We've been talking about getting the, the beer out of the keg, um, but one of the things that I think is really neat about the kegging part is that you can actually use it to fill commercial kegs. You know, you have to change the connections around a little bit. There's a little bit of strategery involved here. Uh, but it makes it a little easier to put your homebrew into commercial kegs. So if you've got a buddy who's a regular Bud Light drinker and you want to say, hey, check out this cream ale I made, you can make it really easy for him to connect up 
to a commercial keg, you know, because you can fill a commercial keg and then hand it over to them. Come on. Procured, yeah, procured legally, of course. I'm not advocating. Uh, well, listen, you're just time. you're just borrowing it at that point. I mean, if you're just filling it and then you're going to empty it at his party that he's having, you're just borrowing the keg. It's not like you had to cut a hole in it, or do you? Yeah, yeah. No, you don't have to cut no, a hole. No, no, it, it, you're using it standard commercial setup. Just uh, the kegging part just makes it easy so that, especially if you're using a keg as a secondary, which is terrific because they're impervious to light and oxygen, uh, and mm. you're just pushing the bright beer, the clear beer, over into the commercial keg. Uh, it's just like going from corny keg to corny keg, except you don't have that big hole in the top. The kegging part makes it easy so the connections at least are all standard, and you can uh, move that beer right over. How do you, how do you get the, the equilibrium? How do you gas it? Uh, same way you would if you were going from corny keg to corny keg. You gas them both the same. Then you uh, connect up the liquid side. Gas is on the uh, supply keg. And then on the keg where the beer is going to, uh, you just connect up you know, your white uh, gas side connector. Or you can manually press it with like a... Uh, on your finger, a piece of um, piece of metal, and just bleed off that pressure, and the supply keg will just push that beer over into the commercial keg, just like it would corny to corny, except now you're going into a commercial keg. Nice. I actually wrote up a little um, a little how-to that's on the website. If you go to the main page there and you look on the left-hand side, trying to figure out the links. I'm not a website designer, so you'll have to forgive this part of it. But on the left-hand side there, there's a panel that says information. One of the links is for homebrew and commercial kegs. And I did a little write-up on how to do this stuff, you know, clean out commercial kegs, uh, move your beer into it. Uh, you don't need to have that supply keg if you don't have one. You can actually rack right into the commercial keg. Like I said, it just takes a little bit of strategy, a little bit of practice in order to do that. But it can be done. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool, man. I, I like the idea of that. Well, one of, one of the things is that um, the corny kegs are only becoming more and more precious as the more people join the hobby because, you know, bottling is bulk. You know, who wants to deal with, uh, you know, 48 to 52 12-ounce bottles every time you make a batch? So getting into kegging is sweet. As more people want kegs, the price of kegs goes up. You know, if you happen to have a commercial keg kicking around, you can start using that to take care of your beer. What's the difference between a, a corny keg and a sextile amount-wise? Um, the corny kegs are rated for five gallons. I find they hold about um, five and a quarter. The commercial beers, I think, are um, 5.33 gallons. It's a little more than five gallons. Yeah, it's, it's not a huge difference between a sextile and a corny. So five gallon batch would work perfect. Pretty much, yeah. Five gallon batch would be awesome. And and I like the idea that, you know, you're not destroying the keg or anything. You're just you know, you may not return it as fast. But as long I mean, for what it's worth, like, you know, my local's pretty good. Like I still have a keg of Sierra Nevada sitting over there and he hasn't bothered me about it. And I'm gonna bring it back. It's just I've been lazy. So, sure. you know, if if you needed to borrow the keg for an extended period of time, it's not like you're stealing it, you're just Hanging on to it a little bit longer than you should. <laughs> you also could take the six tell to a party without having the gas. Don't have to worry about gas or anything. If someone has a a regular pump for a keg pump, yeah, hand pump it right out. You know, and because you know homebrew goes 
literally split at parties. So that's true. Oh, yeah. You don't have to worry about bringing your gas with you. That's oh, true. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And that and that actually might tie in sort of to our cask uh, discussion because uh, I guess uh, those you know the hand pumps that you rent for kegger parties back in the day those essentially are a hand pump right because it's not CO two it's just pushing air into the keg right Correct. yeah. A little different, though. A little different. Uh, when little. you're using those party pumps, uh, what's happening is you're creating positive pressure in the keg by forcing atmosphere in. Yep. And then that pressure is pushing the beer out of the keg. And with the beer When you're engine. working with a beer engine, uh, what's happening is the beer engine is actually creating a little vacuum right before the point of dispense, and it's actually pulling the beer out. And the only reason the atmosphere is going into the keg is just to displace that volume of beer that you just pulled out with the engine. Yeah, that's when you take the spile, right, the, and pull it a little bit so you can put some gas in as you're pulling the beer out with the engine. Right, right. Um, the spile that you mentioned there, that's um, that's a little piece of wood that the cellarman will when gas goes into the ca- cask or not. Right. Uh, so if you're, you're leaving your cask overnight, say, you know, I, I'm always thinking about festivals because that's primarily uh, the role that I'm in when I'm working with casks, uh, but we'll have we'll close up the festival one day, put the hard spile in, come back the next day, pull it out, and in that inter, in the in between time, uh, by putting the hard spile in, it allows the beer to create a little bit of pressure inside, right. but it's not escaping. It's not just um, you know atmospheric pressure there, and that helps preserve the gas so that your beer stays good. It stays right. in condition. Right, right, right. So the beer engine is a lot like the hand pumps of, of water that you see outside when you're pumping from a well, and you're pumping that hand pump from a well. You're actually call, yep, you're yep. creating a siphon, and you're actually sucking the beer out of the keg rather than pumping air into the keg to get the beer out. I gotcha, I gotcha. All right, well, listen, uh, Randy, we're going to take our second commercial break, if that's okay, and uh, we just had Evan show up, one of our uh, fellow homebrewer brethren. So uh, we're going to pour ourselves another beer, and... Uh, when we come back, I think that's when we can really delve into uh, cask beers. How about that? Sounds like a plan. Let's go for it. All right, cool, man. Uh, we'll be right back. Stick around, guys. It's Final Gravity Podcast. This is Owen Tate. When I'm not sucking the cream filling out of Twinkies, I dream about showering in beer with the guys from Final Gravity Podcast. It's JW. I'm from the Shippen in Milford, New Jersey, and you're listening to the Final Gravity Podcast. I gotta find some dumb hot chicks to interview. <laughs> so, what's your favorite beer? Coors Light. Oh, we love it. What was your favorite beer? Ah, another intelligent discussion about beer. So what do you taste in that beer you're drinking? Really, you're going to ask me that question? What kind of beer are you drinking, first of all? Well, apparently what I have right now is a copper and dark ale. 
I'm gonna be honest with you. It's not my kind of beer, but right now, it's my kind of beer. Uh, Jim, what do you like about the beer you're drinking there? Uh, this uh, this beer right here, the best part about this beer um, so far is the fact that it's very wet. Uh, it also has uh, carbonation to it, so there's a plethora of bubbles. Um, I like the wetness, I like the bubbles, and uh, I like the fact that when I drink it, uh, the tastes are fantastic. What, what, what are some of the, the flavors you're getting out of that beer? Uh, well, definitely, I, I can taste, uh, I taste more of the wetness than anything. Um, and once again, the bubbles. So more or less the bubbles and the wetness is what I'm tasting at this point. How about you guys? What what, what was your favorite beers? Uh, Magic Hat Citrus Boy. Hey, this is Casey Kramer. I'm from Riverhorse Brewing Company, and you're listening to the Final Gravity Podcast. Does your kegerator still look like it belongs in a dorm room? Do you still have Coors Light or NASCAR tap handles on it? Look no further, Fisher Woodcraft has the solution. Fisher Woodcraft hand turns, exotic hardwood tap handles, and let me tell you, these things are beautiful. Give your kegerator that sleek look with a Fisher Woodcraft tap handle. Fisher Woodcraft also offers hand-spun bowls, mugs, and more. Look them up online, www.fisherwoodcraft.com. That's www.fisherwoodcraft.com. Custom Graphics, located at 117 Washington Street, New Jersey, is your only source for signs, lettering, and large format vehicle wraps. Give them a call, 973-335-8141, or visit them on the web, customgraphicsnj.com. Custom Graphics, your source for everything lettering and large-scale printing. CustomGraphicsNJ.com. That's CustomGraphicsNJ.com. Burn and pick myself around. Jerk it off. Tongue kissing the ground. Turn it out, deprivation love, burning out, everything We're back. We have, uh, I just wanted to mention real quick, we have uh, some listener beer, and this is from uh, Farside, and he sent us a little note here, and the two beers we're going to try from him, which thanks Farside, by the way, uh, he used some of our yeast that we sent him, the White Labs coupon. And he used WLP005 to try partial mash brew with the BYO clone of Dogfish Shelter Pale Ale. So we're going to try that one in a bit here. And uh, we're now trying his Dark Cherry Stout. 
So thanks for sending mm-hmm. them, man. That's awesome. And uh, hold on, let me uh, let me get rid of this music here and make sure we still have Randy on the line. Yep, still hanging out. All right, cool, Randy. Thanks. We uh, I just wanted to talk about this listener beer here. We had one of our listeners graciously send us some a uh, couple of different beers that we wanted to mention. He was saying something about some Band-Aid flavor. Um, I don't think I'm really getting any Band-Aid out of this. The only thing I would say is maybe a slight astringency out of the grains, maybe. They're very slight. I mean, it's it's not offensive by any means. No, I don't get Band-Aid either. I, I get the cherries. The cherries are very nice. You get that, that kind of like dark, sweet. I got I got the Band-Aids. A little bit? Yeah. yeah. I could taste them in the foam, especially in the foam. Um yeah, a little bit in the head, maybe. Not I'm um, yeah. looking for, it, but it's not. It's not. It's not overwhelming. I, I had a Band-Aid beer I did that was just thoroughly undrinkable. But yeah, yeah I would is, say. I mean, if it, and we looked at the bottles. You know, there's no ring, so I wouldn't say it's infection-driven. Um, and he had said he consulted with Wise S and possibly chlorine in his water. Chloramine or chloramines, and um, it could be that. I mean, I've had problems with wheat, uh, cherry wheat beers, where uh, when you use cherries. Do, did you use uh, whole cherries and pit them and throw them in the secondary? Um, I have problems with the cherry rinds. Sometimes give off all flavors. Oh, he's on the chat. He said oh, uh, yeah, little, extract. little tannic, maybe. Yeah, so he used extract, and so it's not from the cherries. Definitely uh, that Band-Aid then uh, should be attributed to chloramines. Did you use any uh, tap water? Yeah, he must have. So. Yep. It's, no, I mean, no it's not, order. I wouldn't say, uh, it's not offensive. I would say, I don't know when Wise Ass tasted it, but it's, it seems to, you know, it, it's, it's there, maybe there, but it's not offensive. It's not right up front. That's no, a, not that's at a pretty all. good beer. No, it's de- definitely drinkable. I like it. I like that it has a little bit of tart to it, but it doesn't, it's not a fruit beer by any means. Right, right. It's not the over the top, holy shit, that's cherry. Yeah, like wow, that's that's a fruit beer. It, yeah. It's uh, it's a stout first, and then you get a little bit of the uh, tartness from the cherry. That's that's nice, man. And dark cherry. Maybe if you can put some notes in the chat about what that's about. Did you use any smoked malt, or why do you, just because it's a stout? Why are you calling it the dark cherry? Good beer though. Yeah, far side. Sam Adams makes a cherry sense. <laughs> yeah, Luden's. It does. It really it does. Luden's. Luden's beer. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, so thanks for sending that, man. Cheers. That's awesome. Yeah, salute. And uh, we'll be we'll more than likely be giving away some more yeast tonight before the end of the show, so you guys can send us more awesome beer. Danny, um, thank you for your uh, Hurricane's handy package. It was well received. We drank everything out of it. <laughs> the salsa was kick ass. And uh, I will, I have three or four beers in there. I will be sending you very shortly, probably within a few days. So thanks a lot for that, man. Does that package include uh, our sour? Flanders, absolutely. And Danny's going to be pouring with us at NHC, by the way. Oh, great. That's awesome. Me and uh, Manskirt are shacking up with him, looks like. Oh, good. Oh, nice. yeah. You guys are going up to the NHC? Yeah, yeah. you going? Oh, yeah. Just got all like confirmation paperwork uh, this past week. Nice. Time. Oh yeah, we're gonna be there. We're gonna yeah. be pouring. We're doing. Uh, our booth is gonna be steampunk themed. I'm trying to get my hands on one of those penny, one of those ridiculous bicycles called. Oh, the penny farthing. Penny farthing bicycle. Yeah, I'm. I'm I got my feelers out. I'm gonna try and get <laughs> one of them for us. I think they called them velocipedes in the day. Velocipedes. Nice. 
Yeah, with the big, huge uh, front yeah, white uh, got, front tire. Yeah, it's yeah, got like yeah. the seven foot tall front tire and mm-hmm. like a twelve yep. inch back tire. That'd be perfect for you, Jay. With yeah, long legs. <laughs> a, couple of, a couple of different names for that. Definitely. The, the only problem I see with. Even if we get one as a display piece at NHC, is somebody's gonna fucking try and Fuck ride yeah, it? Yeah, you kidding me? Crashing <laughs> into people's freaking setups. That's gonna be very bad. Who's the asshole that brought this bike? <laughs> they probably won't let us in the door with it. They'll be like, "Get that fucking thing out of here." But it serves beer. <laughs> if we are, right, if we can Tamp get handles it, on the handlebars, come on. If we can get it to serve beer, they might let us in with it. <laughs> Actually, you have to oh, pedal to pump sweet. the fucking pump, you know. <laughs> Nice. So let's, uh, I guess let's kick off our discussion about Cask Ale. I know uh, so we- before we go there, actually, I, I had one question for you. You, you just had this uh, listener beer that was sent in. Sure. Uh, do you ever get the occasional beer that uh, just comes and, for whatever reason, it's dead flat? I don't honestly don't think we've had uh, too many bad listener beers or and or flat beers that I can remember. I mean, we do get a lot. I can't remember one that sticks out that was dead flat. I could tell you this: um, we we did a podcast for a competition uh, a couple of years back, and we were like last to leave, and they had tons of beer left over. So we had like five <laughs> beer cases roulette. of br- beer roulette. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And there were so many entries. I think there was nearly 800 entries, and we had like yeah, five cases of this roulette beer. Everyone's, I, everyone who entered, I think we brought home with us. And every once in a while, we come across a, you know, a flat beer. But uh, other than that, never had anyone send us anything with flatness. No. Even in br- beer roulette, most of them were... You had overcarbonation. Yeah, <laughs> you had a few few big gushers. Yeah, there were some gushers, and and, uh, and a lot of them were just. Ugh. Let me let me finish the segue. Why do you ask? <laughs> uh, well, it happened to me not too long ago. I did this um, cherry quad, and I was rushing through it. I didn't uh, repitch yeast before bottling it, so I had a bunch of bottles that were dead flat. You know, the standard operating procedures: you pour the bottles into a keg, you force carbonate. And you try again. But uh, one neat thing that the kegging car- part can do, uh, the gas side of it actually fits on to uh, certain soda siphons. So what you can do is you can take your flat beer, you can pour it into a soda siphon and force carbonate it on the fly. I mean, you're going to end up with a glass full of foam, but when that foam settles down, you'll have an idea. You'll have some idea of what the beer would have tasted like if it were properly carbonated. So I just wanted to throw that out there. One last shout Hey, no problem, man. Like I told you, don't be shy. You know, we appreciate you helping us out a little bit, and uh, that's you know that's why you're here. Shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) Correction, paid plug. (laughs) (laughs) So the the Kagan Park can hook up to a shit. Oh, oh, Jesus Uh-oh, party foul. Party foul. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Not on the board. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're cut off. You're yeah, done. we're trained professionals, all right. So it goes on to like a soda cap. Is that what you're saying? And then you can screw the soda cap into a soda bottle and just Not, pump it? Yeah, a carbonator cap that screws onto the two-liter soda bottle. Right, right. Uh, you've seen them, I'm sure, in your local homebrew shop. They're um, usually a bright painted red or right. silver. Right, And um, when you usually see them, they use those little 8-gram CO2 cartridges and you put the water in there, you screw one of those cartridges in on, and it goes, and then you have a liter of carbonated water. Yeah, yeah. Well, it turns out that the um, that thing that screws on over the 8-gram cartridge, you know, that forces it into the 
bottle, um, that threading is the same threading that's on the kegging part. So what you can do Bonus. is you can put a gas side kegging part onto the soda siphon, and then instead of using those stupid little 8-gram cartridges, you can use your 5-pound, 20-pound CO2 tank and be you know, <laughs> carbonating water for free. <laughs> Just don't over-carb because you can make that thing go boom. <laughs> well, the manufacturer was telling me that you can, it can handle up to 50 pounds, no problem. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, on the Internet, there are certain people who encourage going up to 80, 90 pounds. But wow. I found 50 pounds is plenty to get the carbonation in. The, the key to it is just keeping it really, really cold because right. the cold water absorbs the CO2 so much more easily. Right, right, right. That is great. So... I think the uh, the boys in there are fucking around with some kind of uh, vapor. We're doing hieroglyphics in here. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's get to cask ale. Let's yeah, let's. My favorite. What nice. is the fascination with cask ale? You know the, the dirty secret of cask ale. That's actually a really good starting point because we're not <laughs> okay. just jumping right in. Because some of our listeners, for what it's worth, are new to home brewing, so. Let's talk about the fascination and the excitement of cask ale. Yeah, absolutely. The um, the dirty secret of cask ale is that cask ale is homebrew. You're using the exact same strategy. Uh, what happens, or what the history is, is that you've only had your uh, liquefied CO2 for the past 80 or 90 years, uh, working with all these pressurized kegs and whatnot. Uh, before that, you had to use the yeast to give you the carbonation and figure out ways and vessels to um, serve the beer so it preserves some of that carbonation. And all of those strategies and formulations and uh, equipment, that's all lumped together under cask ale. Uh, the, the, hold on, I'm going somewhere. Wait for me. There I am. All right. Uh, the tradition of cask ale is kind of being phased out with the advent of the forced CO2 just because, as you know, connecting a CO2 tank to a keg is dead simple, and you can just push the beer out and you're done. You don't need to worry about managing the yeast. Uh, what Camera did in the 70s was kind of refocus the beer drinker on not just you know getting the beer into the glass and drinking as quickly as possible, but kind of like the whole um, the craft beer movement that we're working in now and the, the homebrew movement, you want to pay attention to what's in your glass. And Cameron in particular was focusing on, let's use those traditional techniques to use the yeast to generate the carbon dioxide and then gently serve that beer, either with a, a gravity tap so the beer's just falling into your glass, or with a, a beer engine so you're pulling the beer from the vessel to a place where it can fall into your glass. And CAMERA, for those that don't know, stands for Campaign for Real Ale? Yep, uh, it's an English, um, I don't know if they're a trade organization, but they're definitely a um, an organization that's a big fan of drinking lots of beer, preferably <laughs> without any extraneous CO2. I love it. They come up with an acronym that sounds really professional, and really, all they give a fuck about is drinking a boatload of beer. That's true. That is absolutely true. So, Randy, if I were to take my homebrew uh, and put it in a keg, seal it up, add five ounces of uh, corn sugar, 
before I seal it, then seal it up and let it sit. That's pretty much real ale. Uh, it is. You, you usually wouldn't add the full five ounces. Uh, the five ounces is giving you the standard American level of CO2. If you want to be technical about it, you could say it's giving you roughly um, 2.5 to 2.8 dissolved volumes of Correct. CO2. Right. Uh, for a real ale, you're really only looking for about 1.1 to 1.3 dissolved volumes. You're not looking for something that's fizzy that's really going to lift hop aromas and blow it into your nose. You're just looking for something that gives a little sparkle on the tongue so there's a little movement, but it doesn't get in the way of appreciating all the malt flavors of the beer. Sure. So you're looking at, what, two and a half ounces, two ounces? Um, I usually use about, I think, uh, 1.2 to 1.5 ounces in a five-gallon uh, keg or a um, 5.3-gallon pin. Now, how? yeah, you use the pin, huh? Okay. Um, in, in a keg... How long does it take it to uh, carbonate or to get to drinkability? Uh, I always recommend the same as bottle conditioning. You know, the yeast might digest the sugar, and it could be carbonated in two or three days, but you want to give the beer a chance to work that carbonation in with all the other flavors. Uh, I always draw a, um, an analog. Of, I always liken it to a bowl of chili. You know, you can, you, your batch of chili, you can throw the beans, you can throw the spices together, and you can call it chili. But you and I both know it's going to taste awesome if you let it sit overnight in a crock pot. Right. And that's what it is, letting the beer uh, age a little bit in the keg. So I always recommend go for two or three weeks uh, before tapping into it. Now, if you do the keg routine, do you have to put it on gas to get it out of the keg? Or can you somehow get it out of the keg without having to worry about adding extra gas? Uh, it depends on your equipment and how adventurous you are. Uh, <laughs> the easiest thing to do is to get yourself a beer engine. Okay. Uh, beer engine is just a, a fancy tap that works on that vacuum suction method we talked about a little right. earlier. Mm-hmm. So really it's pulling the beer, it's lifting it from wherever it is, in this case in the keg, to your glass, which is you know at bar height. Uh, the thing to remember when you're doing that is that you need to let in, you need to have some way for gas to come in to replace the volume of beer that you pulled out. Otherwise, you create a vacuum in the keg and you can't get anything out. It's a lock, a vacuum lock. Uh, So beer engines are definitely the easy way to go. Uh, Me and a couple friends here in the Boston area will have a uh, Castoberfest, and that's all we do. We have the beer in these corny kegs, I uh, procure some beer engines from that uh, organization that I'm the head fellman of, the NARAX organization, that's the New England Real Ale Exhibition. Uh, so I borrow some equipment from that and connect it up to the corny kegs. All we do is we pull the pressure relief valve, and that's all we need. The beer engine does all the work. It pulls the beer out of the keg. Uh, for every volume of beer that's poured into a glass, an equal volume is coming in through the pressure relief valve. So very traditional, the exact same thing that's happening in all of your traditional equipment. It just happens to be you're using a corny keg instead of a, a fork and a pin or you know, a traditional cask. So so with with both both the ways of using the beer engine on a corny or a traditional cask, the gas that goes back in is basically air. Atmospheric pressure. Uh, it's usually air. It's usually atmosphere. Okay. Um, 
It really depends on how, what, you know, the period of time that you're going to be serving the beer over. If you're doing a party type situation, like I was uh, the other week, I had the local club, the work processes. Man, I'm getting all these cool name drops in. I like this. Um, I had the local club over to my house, and I had a pin of real ale. And all I did was uh, open the top of it, and I was planning on serving it all that night. If it was going to be something where, you know, I had people coming in over a busy weekend, you know, like family visiting or something, instead of just allowing atmosphere to go in, I might uh, shove some tubing in there and preferably use some, a beer gas mix or a straight nitrogen mix so that as the beer is drawn out, the gas that's replacing it doesn't contain any oxygen. Right, yeah, and that's kind of what I was getting at. If if it was thinking that if, if if you were going to be using this over a longer period of time than say twenty four or forty eight hours, you'd definitely want to not have oxygen in there. Yeah, uh, oxygen is nice in cast ale because it um, it develops some of the malt flavor and it gives it a little sweetness. Mm-hmm. Hold that thought for a second. To, um, Hold that thought. What was that noise? Randy, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see if we can do this. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Hey, Jason, this is Bobby Slancy. How are you? Hey, Bob, how you doing? Randy, can you still hear us? Shit, I think I lost Randy. Hey, Bob. Yes? Do me a favor. Can you Skype in? I was trying. I couldn't do it. All I got was your number. Really? Yep. I'm not the most technically savvy guy in the world. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> nice, because I we we just got cut off from our guest. Let me uh, let me do this, Bob. Are you listening, Bob? Um, I'm still trying to find it. <laughs> I had Ken and Phil over here last time. They're a lot better than me. All right, real easy. Go to finalgravitypodcast.com, click on live feed, and you can listen. I just cut off our guest, Randy. So. Let me. I'm gonna have to shut you down, and we we will either call you back or we're gonna figure this out the next commercial break. All right, you got my phone number, right? Yeah, thanks, Bob. All right, bye. Keep bye. Shit. Let's see if we can get him back. I tried to conference. Oh, oh no! I tried. To, there we go, Randy. Man, it was so lonely there. Where'd you go? <laughs> Well, you know, I'm not the most technical savvy guy on the planet, <laughs> just like our last caller. And I, I tried to conference us. I was hoping that he had a question for you, and he may have, but I tried to conference, and it didn't work. That's how we treat our guests here in New Jersey. Yep. <laughs> so, listeners, hit that donate button so we can get a better phone system in here. <laughs> That's too much. Sorry about that. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't even, I've lost our train of thought where we even were. I know where we were. We were right. talking about oxygen in, oh, oxygen in the when you're talking about real ale. That accent came out when you said oxygen. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Uh, so it's not always a bad thing. You know, when you're talking about homebrew, you think, oh, my, if there's oxygen in my bottle, it's going to be oxidized. I'm going to have that wet cardboard flavor, and that's no good. But when you're working with real ale, you do eventually get to that wet cardboard oxidized flavor, but in the 12 to, I don't know, three days, however many hours that is, uh, the flavor actually develops a little interestingly. You know, the oxygen can temper a uh, higher alcohol, like a fusel alcohol, make it sweeter. It can uh, bring more malt flavors out. It 
interacts with the hops and can mute some hops if a, a beer comes out and it's over hopped to begin with. Uh, it can actually do good things before it does very bad things. Usually at the scale that we brew, too, at five gallons, oxygen really isn't going to play a role. I mean, you're not going to – my beer doesn't last me long enough to get stale beer unless I put six, a six-pack away for six months. Yeah. So. yeah. That, that would make a difference. I think, um, I think you know, if, if you're going to go the cask route, you, you know, you're going to have to have a couple of buddies to help you with it. I mean, it, if you put a cask on yourself – well – Actually, that's not true. I could probably go through five gallons in a week. Well, let's let's <laughs> let's get into that real quickly. I mean, that's a good segue for us. There's yeah. there's two different sizes that you can get with uh, real ale uh, that you can do that you can purchase. One is called a pin. I think that's five gallons, and I think the other one's a firkin, which is I think nine gallons. I'm not quite sure if that's correct or ten point three gallons, some weird number. Um, but that's those are pretty close. Uh, it's working on the imperial gallon system. So the pin is 4.5 UK gallons. The firkin is 9 UK gallons. Okay. And when you convert it over, it's about 5.4 and 10.8 US gallons, okay. respectively. Okay. And the, the only difference is size, really. Uh, everything else, the mechanism works the same. The beer engine hooks up the same. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I got married? Yeah, but- <laughs> no, that, that's absolutely true. <laughs> at least that's what I tell myself as I cry. At so I got a quick question. Um, is there any? I know you said you know get yourself a pin or a firkin or or a keg and and a hand engine or beer. Is there any other way to deliver Cascale if if I don't want to go out and spend three hundred dollars on a on a beer engine? Uh, well, when we started the section, as I was alluding to the. All homebrew that's bottle-conditioned is really cask ale. Uh, you're talking about that Worthington White and Red Shield that you brought over from the U.K. that's camera-approved. Right. All that means is that the carbonation came from yeast in the bottle. Gee, what does that sound like? Every homebrew we've ever bottled? Yeah. <laughs> Re, what is it? Refermented in the bottle. I love it when they put that on their bottles. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, the definition of real L is then anything that's not force carbonated. That that's the um, the shorthand definition. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Okay, fair enough. Although there are people at Camo that would have all sorts of fun things. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure they're clicking yeah. on it right now. Well, yeah, you know they've got nothing better to do now. <laughs> <laughs> there was a hilarious uh, YouTube video not too long ago. I guess there's this famous scene. Um, featuring Hitler at the end of World War II and he's yelling at his generals in this room, except someone uh, redubbed it and subtitled it so that um, it's talking about, you know, in a bunker under St. Albans, which is where camera headquarters is. <laughs> and, you know, just going off about how the camera folks are so specific about real ale. I recommend looking it up. <laughs> That's funny. And I mean, you know, how can you really be that, you know, militant about real ale when you've got a grill full of fucked up teeth? <laughs> just saying. We just lost our UK sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, we just lost all of our UK listeners. What do you get with a room full of camera people? A full set of teeth? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. So much for our UK listeners. <laughs> No, I, I I mean that I, I mean that in the in the jokingest sense of of uh, this whole thing. You know, we we make fun of everybody. Nobody's sacred on this show. So, 
Right. Well, to get back to the question at hand and away from poking fun at our soft target UK folks, um, you're asking if there are any other vessels that can work for real ale? And yes, absolutely. Uh, you don't need to invest in a pin or a firkin or even a corny keg if you want to do real ale at home. Uh, there's a, a piece of camping equipment you can use. It's called a poly pin. Uh, you use them for transporting water, and essentially all it is is a collapsible plastic uh, jug. And what you can do is you can load your beer into that. Carbon, uh, add whatever sugar you need to give you that carbonation, so you know, an ounce, ounce and a half. And the neat thing about it is that as you're drawing the beer off of it, you know, you, you have to put a spout on the front. I think some of them come with it. Uh, but as you're drawing the beer out, instead of having atmosphere go in to replace the volume, the container itself collapses. So it just scales itself to the volume. It's, um, it's sort of it's like wine in a box. Beer. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Beer in a box. <laughs> How very trailer park of us. That's awesome. There was a there was an article in BYO not too long ago about two guys that went camping and brought a couple of those with them and made beer out camping and left it there covered to ferment and everything. And when they went back to camp, they just drew it out of their jug and drank it there like three weeks later. Sounds like an imp- episode of Moonshiners. <laughs> Tonight on Moonshiners. <laughs> Billy Bob. <laughs> Jim Bob. I got to tell you, though, I, I'm not the originator of the strategy. Uh, an English author who was one of the pioneers of the home brewing movement in that country, uh, David Line, in his big book of brewing, he talks about doing this kind of thing to make real ale because that was something he was interested in. So, yeah, the, the older techniques as much. Uh-oh. Did we lose you? I'm not hearing. I'm not hearing him. Randy? Oh, crap. It's those damn UK people. They're infiltrating our system. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, call back if you can hear me. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess this would probably be a good time to cut to another commercial break. I think we kind of pissed him off by making fun of camera. <laughs> <laughs> camera guys just hacked our website. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break, guys. We'll be right back. Hopefully, we can get Randy back. Stick around. It's Final Gravity. We'll be right back. Lighter NASCAR tap handles on it? Look no further, Fisher Woodcraft has the solution. Fisher Woodcraft hand turns, exotic hardwood tap handles, and let me tell you, these things are beautiful. Give your kegerator that sleek look with a Fisher Woodcraft tap handle. Fisher Woodcraft also offers hand spun bowls, mugs, and more. Look them up online, www.fisherwoodcraft.com. That's www.fisherwoodcraft.com. Hello, beer drinkers. Look at your peanuts. Now look at my peanuts. Now look at yours. Now back to mine. Sadly, your peanuts are not JB Gourmet peanuts. Look down. Now look up. Where are you? You're at jbgourmetpeanuts.com. What's that in your hand? It's the original peanuts. Look down. Now look back up. It's the spicy. What's that in my hand? It's a 16 ounce jar of peanuts. Look again. They're gone. Look again. The refill bag has filled it back up. Now they're diamonds. Spicy, delicious, addictive diamonds. I'm on a horse. Give them a call, man. Ask about their peanuts. 201-906-8777. Or visit their website 
jbgourmetpeanuts.com. That's jbgourmetpeanuts.com. Hey guys, it's Jay. Just wanted to reach out and thank all of our listeners for supporting our show over the years. Keep it up, man. Don't forget to go to our homepage and click on those links for the AHA and BYO. Helps you out and it helps us out as well. If you think there's nothing better than the look of polished stainless and copper, if you're not sure that six tap handles is going to be enough in your chest freezer, then you're in the right place. Welcome back to Final Gravity. Sorry, we've been having some uh, issues. I think camera hacked our website, shut our phone lines yeah, down. Yeah. Or, or as Farsight says, maybe it was uh, Cam Tim from uh, the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide trilogy there. <laughs> Something. Campaign for real time. <laughs> <laughs> we got you back, right, Randy? I'm here. I am ready for it. Nice, nice, Hey, Randy, nice. that button that says disconnect, don't hit it. Okay, I'll talk to that about it. Randy just, I think he's had a couple of pints and he fell asleep on his phone and hit the end button. (laughs) Or or he said, fuck these guys, click. Yeah, he's like, this is the worst show I've ever been on in my life. That hang-up wasn't an accident. We're we're trying to convince our listeners we didn't mean to do that. (laughs) But you did did call back. Yeah, I'm here, I'm ready for it. I mean, we're talking cast. This is... This is what I do. I like it. So how far are you from uh, Wandering Star? Good old uh, Chris Kuzme and uh, Alex Hall. Alex, yeah, Alex's brewery is out uh, west. His stuff gets brewed. I, I think it's a paper city. Uh, but don't quote me on that. Uh, that is not. Um, that is not the. I don't know what it is, but it, I don't. Know, I can't vouch that that's actually what's happened. But anyway, Alex brews out west. That's about. Um, I'd say hour and a half from here, near Springfield. Okay, and, so that's uh, not too bad. Good, yeah, we we ran into those guys out at... Well, I've ran into Chris a bunch of times, but uh, we had the pleasure of talking to Alex a little bit at uh, Apocalypse in New York City, and that was an awesome festival. It was, uh, well, just pork and beer. It, it was beautiful, and uh, those guys had some of their cascale... Sounds like what you do is you got die and go to heaven. It's pork and beer. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> one, one of the most interesting things I tried that night was the chocolate fondue that uh, you dipped bacon into. Oh. <laughs> and instead of uh, lard or oil to reduce the chocolate, to thin out the chocolate fondue, they used uh, the bacon grease. 
<laughs> and the bacon they cooked in a stout. Oh. It was ridiculous. <laughs> that was the most interesting thing I tried that night. I mean, there was tons of good food, but that that just turned my world upside down. When you can dip bacon in chocolate and pair it with a beer, yeah. <laughs> Farside has a question. I'm sorry, you wanted to say uh, something? No, no, no. We no, have no, a question ahead. in the yeah, chat. Yeah, what kind of casts do you use, and uh, where do you get them? Uh, usually I borrow it from the Narax group. You know, as head fellowman, I take certain responsibilities to make sure the equipment is working properly, and that means actual experience. So I borrow when I can. Uh, that's not going to help very many people. So I always recommend going to um, UK Brewing Supply. Uh, that guy in Pennsylvania, his name is currently escaping me. Uh, but that guy's awesome. He knows his stuff. He has a great selection. And uh, I'll give him a free plug because... Uh, he helps us out all the time for the festival. So uh, good stuff coming out of UK Brewing Supply. And that's, uh, I'm assuming, just Google UK Brewing Supply. Yeah, there was, a, there was a site that I went to not too long ago, and I was looking at um, the cost of a pin because I want to I make this. I want to make Cascale. And uh, they had these rubber pins that looked like, um, you know, 15-gallon, uh, one of those kegs from, what's that beer that looks the like? The older Hoffman kegs the or old, whatever yeah, they the are. Hoffman yeah, kegs. they have like a belly on them. Right. Yeah. But they were smaller. It was like a little five-gallon one, and I think it was like 190 bucks or 150 bucks somewhere around there. Um, and it came with uh, Go ahead. Check the material. Um, I don't know if it's rubber, but I know there are there are some plastic pins and firkins uh, kicking around. They're a nice idea and a novel solution. But I'm sorry to say, they're no good. They're no you know, good? The plastic pins, uh, one of the things about them is that they're plastic. And when you're working with pins, there's a lot of um, heavy hammer work. You know, you're pounding in your shives. You're pounding in your um, keystones. Right. And the plastics, they bounce. So it is a huge pain. Yeah, that's what I heard. Uh, I, I, I read up on in. that. I read up on that. And I read also, I'm not a big plastic fan. Because the scratches and bacteria and all that. But if you're clean, I'm sure you can get away with it. But that's why I didn't pull the trigger, because it was yeah. plastic. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I would probably be a little reluctant to go for a plastic. Well, stainless steel ones are just outrageously yep. expensive. You know? We need uh, well, to... Uh, there you go, Randy. Here you go. This You ready? This one's, this one's for free for you. You need to come into development for turning a keg, a corny keg, into a pin. There's your next machinist project. Your machine, yeah, the the release valve, you know, the little device that you. Yeah, but you need the 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 cork on the top, yeah, right. or the shive, yeah. There you go. There, there's your next project. Have at it. That's free. That's on us. He's like, yeah, so he's I'll, like, I'll get right to work on he's, that. He's, he's like, like I already have it. It's already in development. Yeah, the pattern's gonna done. be out next week. He's like, nice try. <laughs> Uh, well, one of the things I was hoping to do at the National Homebrew Conference uh, was organize some sort of massive uh, stainless steel pin buy. Uh, through my position as the head settlement of the NARAX organization, I know uh, some of our suppliers in the U.K. that help us out. And in talking to him, he said, you know, if you could put together 45 or 90 people who are interested in getting these stainless steel pins, I'll get them for you at cost and we can 
figure out a way to ship them over. So. All right, so yeah, that like, there you yeah. go. That that puts it out right there to any of our listeners. I know a few of our listeners are going to be at NHC. Come see us at the NJ Hops booth, and Randy, find him or find us, and I'm sure Randy will be hanging with us a little bit at our booth. Um, oh yeah, I'll be around. And okay. uh, we'll we'll try and make this happen for sure. Get a big group pin by going. I don't think with 3,400 people there that you're gonna have a problem finding 90 people to get together to, yeah. to buy a pin. Jay, you in for one? I'm in for uh, one. I'm think, in for one. Yeah, <laughs> we got three. So yeah. what do we need? 87 now, right? Yeah, I, I think uh, I don't think that's gonna be an issue, man. What's that cost on a pin? The um, guess, let me look it up right now, real quick. Just talk for a second I'll yeah, right just talk amongst ourselves we don't have a problem with talking <laughs> right Unless so i'm still we're still trying to come up with a band name we still try still <laughs> haven't figured that out no but i i came up with one well i didn't come up with it i heard it on tv today and i thought it'd be awesome and i'm in love with it i hope the guys like it camera no <laughs> <laughs> no penny dreadful why not it's actually in oh. in the 1800s in england speaking of england there was little short story fictionals that were written called Penny Dreadfuls. One of those was uh, about Sweeney Todd. Dude, it's right there. Penny Dreadful. That's cool. Oh, no, I like it. Little PD. Yeah. Go close to Penny Wise for me, and Kyle's just freaked me out. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, Pennywise is a good band. Right <laughs> All right, uh, so my guy over in England, uh, he says that cost over there would be around 58 pounds. Plus uh, VAT, which we can probably work around. So what's that like? Uh, Eighty US? Uh, I'd say around a hundred bucks. Hundred bucks? That ain't bad. That's yeah. fabulous. That ain't bad. All right, cool. So Especially I'm going to say, considering new cornies go for how, about that. How about this before NHC? Because we still have a few months for NHC. So before NHC, if any of our listeners are interested in getting in on this buy, can they email you? Oh, absolutely. VIP. There we go, the VIP program for pins. Now, do you want to do that through your website, the kegging part? Is it like info at kegging part? or How do you want them uh, to get in touch with you if they are interested? Uh, there's a contact thing on the page if you don't want to write down an email address, uh, but it's just my name, Randy, R-A-N-D-Y, all, at all the keggingpart.com. That's Randy all the time, right? Oh, you know it. <laughs> you don't know it. Your mother knows it. Oh! <laughs> nice. It wouldn't be a show until we have dick or mother jokes. <laughs> and one show, we actually had both in the same sentence, and it was awkward. <laughs> it, w- it was very awkward. <laughs> well, I think it was. I think. Guys for the NHC, you know, put the hand, put the pins in the hands of homebrewers. More homebrewers know how to work pens. They're going to turn around. They're going to go to their local brew pub. Hey, why aren't you doing more cask ales? I got this pen right here. I can show you how to use it. More brew pubs start doing cask ale. More cask ale. Right. That's the win. That is the win. That's right a win-win pin situation. Yep. See where I went with that? Yeah. <laughs> what the firkin? <laughs> wow. See where he went with that? <laughs> As you can tell, we've had a few beers in the studio. What are you drinking, Randy? I'm uh, still drinking through that ginger red ale. Uh, nice. Getting near the bottom, I'm going to switch out for my uh, chocolate porter. Award-winning Ooh. chocolate porter, I like to point out. Good deal. Well, I'll uh, I'll definitely email you the address so you can send us some of it, and we can try it on the air next show. How about that? Oh, we can make that happen. No problem. Nice. So you're saying 25 bucks for the kegging part, huh? 
<clears throat> a per side, 45 for the pair, because you need to have the gas and liquid side in order to use it with a keg coupler. There you go. Okay. Very good. Yeah, so don't forget, guys, go to thekeggingpart.com. Look up Randy and his uh, awesome USA machined part, I might add, because that's important these days because, you know, it, it's just so easy. And, and listen, I, I'm not I'm not innocent of it. I mean, I've ordered a ton of stuff from China, but you know what? For what it's worth, you get what you pay for a lot of times, especially when it's like machined parts and aluminum parts. I'm building a race bike and... A lot of the parts that I've ordered, because I can't get them anywhere else, they don't even make them in the U.S. I have to, I'm sort of forced to order them from China. And, like, you look at the quality of it, you know, because some of my friends are in the machining business, and it's just not the same. So it, it is pretty sweet that you're getting that machined in the U.S., and you can still offer it at a, at a reasonable cost, which, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, some, some people ask me, why don't you try to shop it around? It's like, no. I know this guy. I'm supporting a, a local business here, a local family, and it's getting done what needs to get done. I'm not going to worry about saving a buck here or there. No, yeah. I'm too small to worry about that. Yep. Sometimes it's a diminishing return. You know, it's like, yeah, you might save a buck, but then what, what's the uh, recourse? So, so what else on uh, Cascale? Where, where else? So we talked about vessels serving. Is there, is there anything else we need to keep in mind for uh, Cascale? Yes, there's a very important thing about Cascale. Uh, as it becomes more popular across the country, people ordering Cascale should absolutely positively not tolerate crappy Cascale. If you get something that's warm and flat and everything stereotypically wrong with Cascale, let the server know, so they let the brewer know that you're not going to be buying that pint. It's, not, it's just not the way Cascale needs to be done. Proper cask is what I want to encourage. Get something that's with the proper condition, at proper stellar temperatures, that's not oxidizing and contaminated because it's been sitting there for five days. They do it right. More people try it. More people like it. They get faster turnover. Everyone wins. So don't tolerate cask ale poorly done. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I was out in uh, Indianapolis last year, and we go out every year. And there's a place out there called the Broad Ripple. I don't know if you've ever heard about it, Randy, but he's uh, he's from England. He's the oldest brew pub in Indianapolis, um, straight from England, and he serves cask only. And uh, he's, oh, got, nice. he's got six engines and all different kinds of beer on it. Wow, more engines than I usually <laughs> see in the pubs I've been in in the UK. <laughs> it's incredible. And uh, the beer is just absolutely superb. Absolutely superb. And I go every year, and that is the spot where I hang out until the race is done and over with. <laughs> hey, does the ship in Milford have a have a beer engine? I think they, I think they have a, at least one. At least one, all right. Yeah, because that's sort I, of a stereotypical I mean, that's, that's their English. Thing. That's their thing. That's their shtick is like an English pub. Yeah, I, I thought I remembered them having one, but I just it, I haven't been there in a little while. Yeah, greasy food in real L from what I know. Yep. Although the, the, the uh, blue cheese burger that i had there was pretty good nice nice i i have i've been in there i haven't actually dined or drank there but i I think they have at least one engine i want to get them on the show too i'd love to get them on the show is it 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 is a quaint little it's a a great little brew pub yeah and it's relatively local too yeah dullahan brewing uh said something that i think should be worth repeating on air uh going along with what you said about camera randy is that you know you don't just tolerate bad 
real ale. You just don't tolerate bad beer, period. And, you know, speak up about it all the time. That's, yeah, that that is a good point. I mean, you know, tonight's focus is definitely real ale and cask ale, but he does bring up a good point. If If you, you know... Your local has shitty beer, or you can tell there's something wrong with the lines, or you know, just and it, and, it, and that's it's a hard thing to to say. Hey, I'm a beer geek, and your beer sucks. But I mean, you know, for what it's worth, it, it may help in the long run. Yeah, I, I was at my local um, just the other week, and I was there around four o'clock. Got a pint of the beer, and it was warm, and I had to call the brewer on. It's like, yeah, you need to tell your server that. Every once in a while, I flush the line. He's like, "Oh, I know. I tell them to, but sometimes they just don't." Yeah, it's, so. yeah. Then they shouldn't be working there. Yep. <laughs> a little education, you know. I know, especially in the restaurant industry, there's turnover, and just the more people who know, the more people who appreciate it, the better the quality of the product's going to be. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, as a home brewer, I mean, I, if I serve someone beer and they're like, oh, this doesn't taste so good, I go nuts trying to figure out where the bad taste is going. I mean, yep. if I have a bad beer line, I go and just clean everything. Or if I find something wrong, you know, you try I, to I fix go it. crazy, you know, yeah. trying to fix it. And it's a shame that you got these kids working at these brew pubs who don't give a shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is a shame for sure. So what are some uh, what are some good resources so people can learn about Real Ale? I know, obviously, Camera. They have a pretty uh, extensive information database. I know, uh, I think uh, Gotham and Biber, I don't know that that's still an active site or not. Uh, Alex Hall's site? Uh, I don't follow a lot of... I know Alex. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him, but I don't really follow him all that closely, so I can't speak to that. Uh, the camera website, I feel, is more geared towards the activism side of things, not really the technical stuff that us homebrewing geeks would be into. Okay. Uh, there are a couple of videos on YouTube I ran across in the past week, um, but I'm going to offer up. Uh, I have another website going because, you know, it's all about me, this program. Um, Absolutely. It's maydaycask.org. Uh, you know, Mayday, the 4th of May, cask.org. Um, what I'm doing is I'm getting an all-homebrew cask festival together. I live in the same model that the NARAC festival is, the New England Real Ale Exhibition, but it's going to be all homebrew. And one of the things that I've been doing is kind of documenting all the nitty-gritty details of how do I put this homebrew cask festival together. So I have a couple stories up there now. I'm going to be working on it over the next few months as we get closer to pulling off this event and uh, really I think it'd be awesome if more uh, more clubs got together and were able to do these kinds of all homebrew cask events I just think that'd be neat I think that would be absolutely cool you know they had a, the the professional night at the NHC they have homebrewers night it'd be cool to add like a cask night you know where you just go and have cask beer yep well, hopefully, I think there's going to be a few casks this year for sure. Now, did you say maydaycask.org or .com? Uh, .org, O-R-G. Okay, great. Excellent. Yeah, so look that up, guys, maydaycask.org for some good information. And uh, when is that? Uh, you said that's going to be sort of a festival, right? Oh, uh, yeah, it's going to be just for us Boston area folks. I mean, we can fill it up practically with just the local clubs and friends. Um, but just getting people together to drink a bunch of homebrew, to drink a bunch of cask ale, and, you know, have a chance to hang out. It's essentially just a glorified meeting, but 
It'd be a lot of fun, I think. Right. Do you have a date set for that yet or no? I'm still working on the venue. Uh, okay. Looking to have it, I think, uh, on a Friday evening, May um, May 10th. Couldn't oh. actually get May Day, which makes the name kind of stupid, I realize. But uh, such is life. As eh, say. Close enough. It's it's on somebody's calendar as May Day, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll be in touch. Maybe uh, if we can line it up, maybe we could uh, make a, a pilgrimage out there and do a little live audio or something. That'd be fun. Oh, that would be a lot of fun. We'd be happy to have you. Cool, cool. Hey, man, well, listen, uh, we're getting uh, to the point where we usually just about wrap up here. If you want to, we'd have to run another commercial break. And if you want to hang out, you're welcome to. And then after we come back, we can uh, <clears throat> sort of shove off uh, with another beer. We probably should open that other listener beer over the break here. Check that out. From right, what uh, drinking? From Farside. Uh, this was the Dogfish... So let me go back in the chat here, and uh, I don't have my. Do I have my notes in front of me? Do you have the uh, the the uh, paper that came in the uh, package? Yeah, I do. I do have my. No, that's the wrong paper. <laughs> here I was trying to give you a segue, and I yeah, I, I appreciate that. that. That was it was it was a lob, and I failed. <laughs> swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah, swing and a miss. It's the dogfish dogfish shelter pale ale clone. So we'll try that. Uh, yeah, Farside says he calls it the no shelter from Sandy beer. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yep. Beautiful Farside. Hey Farside, I'm sad to announce that the bottle has a couple of looks looks like, uh, for lack of a better word, scum marks on the neck a ring. I think um, that might be from the yeast because those bottles be. were yeah, laying on, down on, on the, the whole side, time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those were laying down the whole okay. time, and that's my fault. And the other thing is, I didn't sell her them properly. One of the biggest pet peeves of mine. No label. Sam Adams bottle. Oh, listen, hey, it's a listener. <laughs> I, this is not a competition. I don't care about that. And I he did write that. a letter explaining what everything was. So I know, no, he's that's got awesome. the pass. Keep your glass awesome. This one might uh, make so much difference. Yeah, thanks, Farside. No, it's we, freaking free beer, he says. We really do appreciate it, brother. No, absolutely, Farside. I'm just busting your chops. Right. So we'll cut to another break. Uh, Randy, if you want to stick around, you're welcome to. And when we come back, we'll uh, say our goodbyes and uh, we'll Not get too going. Bad. Not too bad. So I think we might head to the local, too. Nice. All right, guys, stick around. It's Final Gravity. We'll be right back and uh, we'll get out of here pretty shortly.
JW. I'm from the Shippen in Milford, New Jersey, and you're listening to the Final Gravity Podcast. I gotta find some dumb hot chicks to interview. <laughs> so, what's your favorite beer? Ah, another intelligent discussion about beer. So what do you taste in that beer you're drinking? Really, you're asking that question? What kind of beer are you drinking, first of all? Well, apparently what I have right now is a copper and dark ale. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not my kind of beer, but right now, it's my kind of beer. Uh, Jim, what do you like about the beer you're drinking there? Uh, this uh, this beer right here, the best part about this beer um, so far is the fact that it's very wet. Uh, it also has uh, carbonation to it, so there's a plethora of bubbles. Um, I like the wetness, I like the bubbles, and uh, I like the fact that when I drink it, uh, the tastes are fantastic. What, what, what are some of the, the flavors you're getting out of that beer? Uh, well, definitely, I, I can taste, uh, I taste more of the wetness than anything. Um, and once again, the bubbles. So more or less the bubbles and the wetness is what I'm tasting at this point. How about you guys? What what, what was your favorite beers? Uh, Magic Hat Citrus Boy. Hey, this is Casey Kramer. I'm from Riverhorse Brewing Company, and you're listening to the Final Gravity Podcast. Does your kegerator still look like it belongs in a dorm room? Do you still have Coors Light or NASCAR tap handles on it? Look no further, Fisher Woodcraft has the solution. Fisher Woodcraft hand turns, exotic hardwood tap handles, and let me tell you, these things are beautiful. Give your kegerator that sleek look with a Fisher Woodcraft tap handle. Fisher Woodcraft also offers hand-spun bowls, mugs, and more. Look them up online, www.fisherwoodcraft.com. That's www.fisherwoodcraft.com. Custom Graphics, located at 117 Washington Street, Newton, New Jersey, is your only source for signs, lettering, and large format vehicle wraps. Give them a call, 973-335-8141, or visit them on the web, customgraphicsnj.com. Custom Graphics, your source for everything lettering and large-scale printing. CustomGraphicsNJ.com. That's CustomGraphicsNJ.com. Yeah. 
right, all right, we're back. Oh, man. I had the friggin' pee so bad, I thought it was going to explode. Your eyeballs were floating. They were. They really were. Randy, we got you? I'm still hanging out. Nice. What you drinking now, Randy? Uh, empty glass syndrome. Oh, I, uh, come on. Oh, dude, you had your perfect opportunity to go and refill your glass. With that porter that you talked about. Yes, that was what was in the glass, but uh, now it's gone. And by the way, the uh, the red ale you were talking about with the licorice and the anise and all that ginger, I would like, uh, if you don't mind, unless you're one of those homebrewers that can't give up your secrets, but I would love to have you post that recipe on our Facebook page. Oh, yeah, I can do that. No problem. Awesome. Yeah, it's just a recipe. Uh, it's uh, the brewer that makes the beer. So <laughs> I can give whatever I want, but it's going to be me that makes the award-winning version. <laughs> hey, that's true. That's true. Uh, speaking of that, uh, real quick, you know, since we're going to wrap it up here, just kind of throwing out, when we do it, we did have some questions in the chat, too. I don't know if they were directed exactly at you, but we'll, we'll throw them at you as well. Um, I had a question for you. NHC, are you entering anything this year? Uh, I usually don't do competitions, uh, mostly because I'm lazy and I miss deadlines. So, uh, by award, you mean your friends, like, tied a ribbon around your neck? Uh, by award, I mean the, uh, local, uh, Boston Homebrew and then the, um, New England Fall Regional. Uh, those are pretty much the two that I enter. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know some people, they're like, oh, wait, it's a competition. My beer needs to be in it. So they might be in Washington State, and they'll ship to a Michigan competition. They'll ship to a a, a, a Georgia competition, and they, they just want to be everywhere. It's like, eh, yeah, there's this I'm one, happy to hang out local. There's yeah, now I hear you. There's one competition you just posted up on, on the website where the guy won with the ghost pepper mead, uh, best of show. There was a girl in that competition that entered 56 beers. Oh, oh God! Fifty-six, <laughs> fifty-six fucking beers. The the is she employed? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the the really cool thing about that, and the really awful thing. The really cool thing is it's a girl. Yeah. That entered fifty-six yes. beers. The really awful thing is she's got to fucking find something to do. <laughs> something else to do. Now I'm not quite sure if it was fifty-six different beers, but she entered fifty-six different categories or whatever it was. Fifty-six different beers. Yeah, that's awesome. Beers, that's awesome. Category. Yeah, yeah, they had a good turnout. That was the homebrew out, uh, homebrewers alley in uh, the. That's a homebrew club in Brooklyn. They Brooklyn. meet at Brooklyn Brewery. Right. As a matter right, of fact, right. yeah. Eric, uh, Eric I, the Red entered. Yeah, uh, I think that was their competition. How did he do? Did he place? Uh, he did not place, but um, we're awaiting the results. And next weekend is the War of the Words in Pennsylvania, and for our club, we have four. 14 entries? Yeah, that's a big competition. That's the one that we did a live broadcast from we were talking about early, Randy. I think two years ago, they had over 800 entries. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. That's a big, big, big competition around here. Yep. Uh, It's huge. I was just helping out the Boston one today, um, like I was saying, doing the pre-judging and whatnot, and they have almost 500 entries, and they're talking, oh, we should go big, go big. It's like, no, no. This is a lot of work as it is. Oh my God! Yeah, you you get anything over two hundred beers, and it starts to get just ridiculous. I know. I I judged Uh, for the local county fair, the Sussex County Fair, the New Jersey uh, State Fair. Beer fest. I judged that, and uh, it was awesome. I I love the experience of judging and all that, but it even that that was only two hundred and something entries, and even that was like, wow, that's a day of work. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. I can't. I, I can't imagine contests with 500, 800 entries. You know, that's like wow. <laughs> I, I've been asked to. Are, are you going to judge at the NHC? I'm like, are you kidding me? The only time that it comes to the East Coast, in I don't know how long, for 35 years, I think this is the only time it's been. And I'm gonna go and judge. Screw that. I'm yeah. gonna go and have a good time. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been having a lot of people ask if we were gonna do a show from there. I said honestly, not likely. Yeah. It it is the first time it's been on the East Coast. I can drive there. But we are gonna have a party for oh we're gonna Final have a, gravity. Oh we're definitely okay. we're definitely gonna have a listener party, a get together. We're gonna hang. We're gonna have fun. But do I want to work? No. <laughs> I, I think I want to have fun yeah, this I think, year. I think we contemplated that. We we're like yeah that'd be cool. And then we thought about it for a little. I was like, mm, no. Yeah, no. I just want to go and have fun. I'm just remembering every time you take you take your rig on the road, and and it's like a nightmare to get it set up, and things aren't yeah. working, and yeah. and then once you get it back here, it's a nightmare to reset it up. It's like, I'm not sure you want to go through that. And set up our booth for the club. No, mm-hmm. no, yeah, we're no. we're just gonna go and have fun. Anyway, so Randy, listen, I I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show because I think we're uh, we're just about to wrap it up. Mama came down looking all pretty, and she wants me to go have beers with her, so I have to oblige since uh, I did fuck all for Valentine's Day. That's not true. I bought, I bought her flowers. But uh, she, it's not often that my wife says, hey, why don't you come drink with me? Right. <laughs> that, that you say yes to. to. <laughs> yeah, if, if I say no to that, I, I might as well just stop the show now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been years since I've drank with my wife because of I have a two-year-old daughter she's been pregnant and every she's year been pregnant every fucking year so. <laughs> you gotta stop falling down with your pants down i gotta stop drinking beer <laughs> well if you're gonna drink beer at least keep your pants on when you fall down yeah, now we, sep- we separate ourselves we have two different beds and two different rooms so i sleep in one she sleeps in the other <laughs> we actually uh let's see real quick because we did have i think a couple of questions in the chat uh Actually, I think they were answered in the chat, so I think I think we're good. <laughs> For right. said, 56 I beers. I had an awesome time hanging out tonight. That's one week. I'm definitely going to be uh, continuing to listen on. Excellent. I'll see you guys at the NHC. Yeah, absolutely. Looking we'll, forward to it, Randy. We'll talk before then, and thanks a lot, guys. And don't forget, the keggingpart.com and enter coupon code J, and you're going to get free shipping. And uh, I know I'll probably be ordering one, hopefully within the next week or two. And uh, I think a couple of the guys in this room might order one. So, yeah, you, uh, we can spread some love. And I'm looking forward to seeing this in uh, in action. I might even I might even try, because we do have some time between now and NHC, I may even try and put some beer in a Sankey just to play with it and see how it works. See how it comes out. Yeah, yeah like I said, I have that uh, the article I wrote, the Homebrew and Commercial Kegs, right on the website. Well, there you go. Um, I wrote it not to be a hard sell for my part, but just to be general informative. This is a strategy for getting homebrew beer into commercial cake. My part just makes it really easy, and yeah. I think you can and, buy one. And that's awesome because we're we're hoping to bring as many kegs as we can. And quite frankly, I can't afford to go buy another uh, corny keg right now. So I do have a Sierra Nevada keg just kicking around. Maybe I'll use it for NHC. Do you have, <laughs> there, there you go. go. Do you have these as for Pinlock too, or are they strictly ball lock? Uh, they're strictly Barlock for right now. Uh, I need to work more with the uh, machinist for figuring out a different part for the pins, just because the, the pins are different. Yep. So, unfortunately, I don't have anything for Pinlock right now. Okay. Couldn't you use an adapter from Ball 2 pin, though, and make it work? Or no? They make... Un- unfortunately not. Oh, no? Yeah. They, they, they make a, a Barlock 
fitting that fits over a pinlock keg now. I don't know if you could substitute yeah, that. What that's doing is it's using the threading that's on the keg. Right. Uh, the the whatever vessel it is. The, yeah. I can't call it a ball lock keg. Yet. Um, the, the threading that's built into the keg is using the same threading right. and just changing the upper part. Right. The, the way my device works is I'm using a whole plug. It's not really sitting on anything, so it's not a question of what it threads onto. I got you. Okay. It's a question of mating with the nuts. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. He said mating with the nuts. <laughs> yeah. That's a technical term I'd like to point out. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Randy, we'll let you go. And I want to thank you for hanging out the whole time. And uh, we didn't scare you away, which was awesome. Uh, camera only jacked us once. Nice. <laughs> and we'll, so thank uh, you guys. So that's, that's progress. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate it, Randy. Nice meeting you. Thanks for coming aboard. Yeah, no problem. We'll, uh, we'll be talking to you soon, Randy. I'll check you later. All right. Thanks, man. Cheers. <laughs> But all right guys nice that was randy that was a, a plethora of information i'm gonna have to listen to this back on the podcast because my head was spinning a little bit there but good stuff i think it's something yeah. to look into for our club to look into getting at least one pin so we can all do or, or a firkin yeah you know something to have real real beer at our events when we go and we need a beer engine for that too uh, yeah, but I think there's ways around getting a beer engine. I really do. I think we can look well, at. We, um, we got machinists and engineers, engineers and whatnot. Yeah, so yeah. we, we, we know we know some people. <laughs> we know some peoples. So uh, I think that's it for tonight, guys. We're gonna wrap it up, and and I just want to see how savvy you guys are on old cheesy movies. Because <laughs> I heard it was funny. This song came on, and I heard about four words of it, <laughs> and I was like. My wife was watching TV. I was like, oh, that's such and such. So let's see if you guys can do the same thing. Here you go. Tell you what, the first person to post this in the chat, what movie it's from, gets free yeast from White Labs Yeast. Yeah, it's definitely 80s, but... See how dorky our listeners are. Love this song. So do I, actually. I have a weird secret love Jones for this song. In fact, let's turn it up in the studio. Whoop, not that much. <laughs> Nobody knows it. What movie? What movie was it in? I can see Google going mile a minute. They're waiting for the chorus. They're like, oh, what's the chorus so I can Google it? There's the chorus. Okay, you, you got you got the song. What movie was it in? What movie was it featured in? Academy. <laughs> no. I'll give you a hint. Richard Gere was in it. Richard Gere? Oh, I know. They gotta get it now. Get your get your keyboard ready. Oh, pretty woman. Who said it? Far side? Far side, yeah. Alright, far side, you got some yeast. Was, she was fucking hot in that yeah, movie. Yeah, she was man. pretty yes. hot in that movie. <laughs> 
All right, I think so. Far Side's won all the fucking yeast that we ever give away. <laughs> <laughs> you got like a refrigerator full of yeast there, Far Side? He's quick on the keyboard. Did Wise? I don't think Wise Us joined us tonight, did he? No, I hadn't seen Wise Us in the chat. Yeah, he probably had kid issues. But he'll be pouring beer with us at NHC. You were saying 46 got it last up, so. Yeah, he did. That's true. Yep. So there you go, uh, Far Side. We'll send you some more yeast. You send us more beer. We like it. You keep getting the answers right, we'll keep sending you yeast, you keep sending us beer. We have a, a symbiotic relationship here. <laughs> so yeah, that works. <laughs> like yeast and beer, right? Right. That's right. All right, guys. Unfortunately, there's not going to be any uh, after cam tonight because i got to get my piece up on out of here. But thanks for hanging with us, guys. We really appreciate it. You imploring that shocker tonight? The shocker! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, keep posting on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, and uh, we'll see you guys next time, man. We don't have a show planned yet. Uh, we're hoping to get Wayne Milford from Dogfish and Two Rivers Brewing in here maybe next month. And then over the summer, our schedule may change. We may not be the third Saturday of every month. That may shift because it's race season. That's so we I was shift. just out to Bethlehem, and I just was with Dan, and we went to... Um, What's that? Blamberg? No, not that. I'm Easton. What's that uh, place where you can get all kinds of beer? Um, where you go all the time. Porter's? Porter's, yeah. And we passed Two Rivers Brewery. Man, that thing looks phenomenal. It's like an old church or yeah, something, isn't awesome. it? Or an old, huge, yeah. like, old school or castle something? silo on the side of it hanging off the side of the building. You know? Yeah, it's I really can't wild. wait to go out there. i got to make my way out there. Yeah, Easton's turning into quite the little beer hub. Yeah. For sure. And it's not that. I mean, I live, what, maybe half hour, 40 minutes from there? Yeah, if that. Yeah, it's not bad. 78 West. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in and uh, post up on those forums. Post up on Facebook. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll catch you next time. Peace. <laughs>